0: We're in the midst of a great Advent series. We're basically unwrapping or unpacking the most unique baby reveal of all times. Baby reveals are usually seven uh, or so months before the birth of the baby. This reveal was 700 years, and it came at a time where things were difficult. It was prophesied in the midst of what the Bible would call darkness, but even goes to say it's deep darkness. And in the darkness, this baby reveal talks about a light that is shown. That light is a baby. And that baby has four names. And we've taken this time of Advent to unpack the four names of this baby reveal 700 years before the birth. Before we go any further, join me in a moment of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come, and we love the song of the angels of peace on the earth. Is that possible? What is this little one all about? It's called the Prince of Peace. Open our eyes and our hearts as we open your word. Teach us that we might leave here different, changed, more like your son. If there would be anything that would hinder us hearing and becoming like your son, that you, we ask that you would remove that. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So hear this unique baby reveal one more time from Isaiah the prophet, chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This morning, as we deal with that fourth uh, name, that Prince of Peace, it, it, it may be the one that warms our hearts or one that we desire to know the most about for we desire peace. We desire peace individually. We de- uh, desire peace corporately. And we know how important it is. And we know how elusive it can be. Somebody did a study And they said, for the last 3,500 years, there's only been 8% or 286 years of peace in 3,500 years. Now, we had a war back 1945, ended with a peace treaty. September 2nd, 1945, we signed... peace treaty with Japan, the war to end all wars. How many years of peace do you think we've had since 1945? Let me, maybe, how many weeks of peace (laughs) do you think we've had since September 2nd, 1945? How many days of peace have we had since September 2nd, 1945? Scholars who look at such things would say 27 days. 27 days. From September the 2nd to September the 29th, they believed that was the time of peace in the world between humankind and each other. But then somebody said, well, On September 2nd, when we were signing a treaty, peace treaty with Japan, the war to end all wars, Ho Chi Minh was declaring independence from France as the head of Vietnam. And so we virtually have not had peace. How do you bring peace to a broken world? And how is it that the church could sing Silent Night and sing of peace in the midst of brokenness? And and, and that became a reality to me when I came across in 1966, Simon and Garfunkel did a uh, sang uh, Silent Night, but they did an interesting thing. They took the seven o'clock news. And they put it as a backdrop to their singing. Here it is.
1: of Richard Ogle be asking to call off the march, and the police in Cicero said they would ask the National Guard to be called out if it is held. King now in Atlanta, Georgia, plans to return to Chicago Tuesday. In Chicago, Richard Speck, accused murderer of nine student nurses, was brought before a grand jury today for indictment. The nurses were found stabbed and strangled in their Chicago apartment. In Washington, the atmosphere was tense today as a special subcommittee of the House Committee on Un-American Activities continued its probe into anti-Vietnam War protests. Demonstrators were forcibly evicted from the hearings when they began chanting anti-war slogans. Former Vice President Richard Nixon says that unless there is a substantial increase in the present war effort in Vietnam, the U.S. should look forward to five more years of war. In a speech before the Convention of the Veterans of Foreign Wars in New York, Nixon also said opposition to the war in this country is the greatest single weapon working against the U.S. That's the 7 o'clock edition of the news. Good night.
0: How does one bring peace to such a broken world? The Bible says the answer is found in the birth of a baby. The birth of a baby. To us, a child is born. And this child is named the Prince of Peace. Now, in Hebrew, the word peace is shalom. And, and it's unlike, it's different than the peace that we think of. When we think of peace, we think of the absence of conflict. But in the Hebrew sense, it's a holistic term for actually being whole, being complete, being right. This child has come to make us whole. Whole to make us right, to bring peace into our lives and into our world. But here's the irony. When the child came, it was anything but peaceful. A young mother, because of taxes, had to make a journey to Bethlehem because that was the home of her, of her spouse, And no matter what condition she was in, she had to make the difficult journey as she was soon to give birth. And this young couple, well, if you do the math, the pregnancy came before the marriage. And so this young couple, people looked down on this couple. You you wonder why, when they traveled to Bethlehem, the home of Joseph's ancestors, why there was no room for them? Well, they may not have been welcomed because of the way they chose to live, it appeared, their relationship. It was not peaceful. There was no place to stay. And the ruler of the area wanted them to find them and wanted to kill them. They were then to be refugees until that king died. They were have to go to another country to escape a death sentence that this king imposed on every male child two years and younger. Can you imagine the cries that came out from Bethlehem as the soldiers took the lives of two-year-old and younger boys? How is it that the Prince of Peace comes and things are terrible, awful, troubling? There seems to be less peace. What kind of peace does this child bring that we've waited so long for. How do you have peace in the midst of disappointment and pain and sorrow? I I think we get a first glance when we look at the Christmas story. There's an amazing thing that happens with Joseph. You see, Joseph finds that his fiancée, Mary, is pregnant, and he knows the child is not his. What is he going to do? What should he do because of her unfaithfulness? The situation is anything but peaceful. He's torn up inside. He loves her. He decides maybe to divorce her quietly because if it comes out, she will be stoned in the streets. But then this happens. fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the holy spirit now any time in the bible an angel appears what is the first thing that the angel says do not be afraid angels must be some kind of incredible people that when they appear your thing is to be afraid but notice here That's not what happens. This is probably the only place in the Bible where an angel appears and says something different. Do not be afraid, not of me. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The fear is not of the angel. The fear is inside of him the unsettledness about what to do with his love for this young lady. The key is, how is he to be controlled? How is he going to be peaceful in an uncontrolled, chaotic situation? How does he get under control in the midst of chaos? He heeds the words of the angel that says... This is put right with God. This situation that seems so chaotic is actually right with God. This situation is put right with God. Therefore, you can have peace because this is of God. The Bible tells us that the key to shalom, the key to wholeness, is actually when things are put right with God. When things are right with God, no matter what the situation is, you can experience peace even in the midst of the most chaotic mess you find yourself. The birth of this child, the Prince of Peace, came to put us right with God. He came because of the brokenness of our relationship with our Heavenly Father that goes back to the first pages of the Bible, to the book of Genesis, where we chose to be God rather than to be in a relationship with God. We wanted to do it our way. And as much as we want to go after Adam and Eve and, 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 and the, the mess that they caused, the problem is we make those decisions all the time ourselves. So what does God do? What does the prince of peace, how does the king send the prince? The prince comes to live a perfect life to live that whole relationship with his heavenly father. And at the age of 33, after three years of ministry, he gives himself up to the authorities to die on a cross for the sin, for the brokenness of humankind that we might be made right with God. You see, if he takes our brokenness, and the Bible says without the shedding of blood, sins can't be forgiven. If he takes our brokenness, then we get his rightness or his righteousness. And Jesus pays the penalty with his life. He takes on the brokenness so that we can have peace in a relationship, a whole relationship with our Heavenly Father. The Isaiah the prophet that gave us in chapter 9 about the child in chapter 53 tells us what the cross and this child faces when he's grown. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, our brokenness, and we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. We looked down on him. We were disgusted by him. But he was pierced hand and side for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, our wrongs. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Do you see that, that great exchange? We exchange our brokenness and we get his peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Where does peace begin? Peace begins inside of each of us. Peace begins when we put things right with God, something we cannot do on our own, but what we trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without that rightness with God, we will never have peace. We will never be whole. We are forgiven for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Through the death of Jesus Christ. When we have peace with God, we will know the peace of God. Of God let me say that again when you and I experience because of Jesus Christ peace with God that relationship is made whole opened by the death of Jesus Christ when we have peace with God we will experience the peace of God you see when we don't have peace with God we don't have peace with ourselves and we don't, when we don't have peace with ourselves, we certainly don't have peace with each other. And the world is a mess. And the news every night testifies to the fact that we don't have peace with ourselves or with each other. And the Bible says injustice and violence and all those things come because we're not in a right relationship. Things have not been right with us With God, it comes through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. In Romans 5, 1, it says, Paul writes, therefore, since we have been justified, and the word justified is just as if I had never sinned, therefore, since we have been justified, why? By faith, because we believe Christ died in our place, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through him, we've gained access. We have obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have peace of God because we have peace with God. How is your peace quotient these days? Many of us are facing difficult storms in life. I I, I love when Jesus was with his disciples in the boat, these very brave fishermen. It says that a a, a storm came up in Matthew 8, and there was a violent storm on the sea so that the boat was being covered up by the waves. Have you been in a storm like that in your own life where you are drowning not with water but with the news a diagnosis. You stand in the shadow of death of someone that you love. There's depression. There's injustice. And you're being covered up by the waves. And where was Jesus? He was sleeping. Was he concerned in the midst of the chaos? Did it keep him up? No. Because he had peace with God. So he knew the peace of God. And the disciples went and woke him up, saying, Lord, rescue and preserve us. We are perishing. Now this is quite some storm if fishermen are afraid of their life. Because they're supposed to live in this stuff all the time. And he said to them, why are you timid and afraid? Why are you not at peace? You of little faith. And he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great and wonderful calm. A, in the amplified version of the Bible, a perfect peaceableness. A perfect peaceableness. In the midst of the storm, That's what Jesus came to do. That's what Jesus offers his followers. It's not a peace, a pie-in-the-sky peace, but it is a real peace, a peace that sustains us, The, the kind of peace that you need when the world that you live in is teetering out of control or the situation takes a turn for the worse. Difficult times. Like on the night of the resurrection, the disciples are locked in the upper room. They are afraid because of what happened to Jesus might just happen to them. The Romans or the Jewish folks might come after them next. So they're in a locked room. And In John chapter 20, it says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the resurrection day, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. This is the Prince of Peace. And he said to them, Shalom be with you, wholeness. Now for them, it was anything but wholeness. They were locked behind the doors, afraid of their life. And when he said this, he showed them his hands in his side. You know, I always thought he showed them the hands in his side to say, oh yeah, I'm Jesus. I'm the one that they crucified. But I think they, he showed them the hands and the side to say, I have opened the way for you to know peace, no matter what you face, because I've made it right with God for you. That's what the Prince of Peace came to do. And he told his disciples before he was going to the cross, he said this, Behold, the hour is coming and indeed has come when you will be scattered that night when he was crucified, each to your own home, and you will leave me alone. I will be standing there alone, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. And so I can walk to the cross, I will be okay in the midst of your desertion. I have peace, the peace of God, because I have peace with God. I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. We are going to struggle with situations of which we can't control. But take heart. They have overcome the world, which means the world's chaos does not have the last word. So what does the Prince of Peace do? The Prince of Peace opens your relationship with your Heavenly Father so that you have peace with God to know the peace of God. And I will close with this story that some of you know so well. Horatio Spatford lived in Chicago in the uh, 1870s. Maybe you remember in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire. Well, he was a real estate, lots of real estate in Chicago, and it pretty much bankrupted him. It was that same year that his six-year-old son died of scarlet fever. In order to kind of help his family deal with the turmoil of everything was happening, he put his wife and four daughters on a ship to go to England for a vacation just to get away from the chaos. And as you know the story, perhaps, the ship collided with another ship in the middle of the ocean and 200 people drowned, including his four daughters. And he gets a telegraph from his wife saying, all is lost. I'm alone. Well, he bought a ticket to go be with his wife to sail across the ocean. And when he gets over the spot, the captain says, this is where, this is where the ship went down with your four daughters. And it was in that moment that he wrote a song that we sing called, It Is Well With My Soul. Can you even comprehend how in the midst of evil and chaos and pain, he could sing he could write such a song. It is not a Christmas carol, but we're going to close our time in just a minute after I pray with that song. And I don't know as that song, as you sing that song, it is well with my soul, what news report you would be saying over those words of the difficulties and struggles and pain that you are struggling with right now or are carrying that just may get answered or find a little more peace because what you are struggling with does not have the last word. And you can actually know wholeness in the midst of the difficulties because God will make it right. Because by faith, you are right with the one who makes things right. Pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come, and it has been a tough year for many, and we are carrying pain and thoughts and... some depression, and living in some chaos and disappointments. Father, thank you for Jesus that opens our pathway to make things right with you. And I pray if there's anyone here who's not taken that step of faith and been reconnected with the one who will make all things right, and bring peace in the midst of chaos, that they would do that. And for the rest of us, Lord, that have forgotten, and we've let the chaos drown you out, open our eyes to your presence and your power and your peace. We pray these things with great expectant hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Prince of Peace, amen.